We are in a series called Home for the Holidays, and what we're talking about are some practical tools that help us thrive through the holiday season. And the first tool we talked about was thankfulness and the ability to uh, keep your eyes open at different parties and different things you attend and different times when it gets stressful and maybe you're having people over, uh, being able to be thankful through it all. So maybe you grew up like I did. We didn't have much money for Christmas, and so uh, I would get like a shirt or something, and, um, and uh, we were thankful for that. And so uh, you can be thankful for almost anything. I, I'm thankful just to be able to breathe. So uh, you can be thankful for that. And then we talked about something that's a little bit harder than thankfulness, and that's forgiveness. And uh, we talked about this idea that when someone's brokenness combines with your woundedness, it creates a debt that cannot be repaid. And so we talked about your two choices when you're wronged. One is to demand payment, which is what your bank does. And the other is to cancel the debt, which is very, very difficult, especially if what has been stolen from you is your childhood or um, some uh, promotion or something very tangible. It's really hard to let that go. But we talked about some practical tools and to do that. And then last week, we talked about the wonderful gift of silence. And we talked about Zachariah. Uh, his wife, they were both, the Bible says very old. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. They were both very old and should, had no business having kids. And Gabriel comes to Zechariah and says, guess what? You're going to have a kid. And he asks this question. The reason I'm reviewing it is because Mary's going to ask a similar question, but we're going to see why her question was a little bit different. His question was, how can I know this? How can I know this? Give me more details, more facts. How can I actually, the Bible says, be sure of this? So Gabriel comes to talk to Zechariah. He's in the temple. It's a very holy moment in a very holy place at a very holy time. And uh, Gabriel tells him, you're going to have a kid. And he says, how can I be sure of this? And uh, maybe I read too much into the Bible last week, but I think that God wanted to do a deep work in Zechariah. To go, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to promote yourself. God has got it. And when we see this nine months, or a little bit longer, of Zechariah in silence, we see that what comes out of his mouth at the end of that is an eruption of praise. And we talked a little bit last week about this idea of that sometimes just being silent is the tool that you have to bring to a certain situation. And that, Americans, is very difficult because we're surrounded by a culture that wants to be right. A culture that wants to be right in memes, in posts, in information, in Google searches. We want to be right. And God wants us to get it right. God wants us to... Uh, view situations a little bit differently than our culture would look at. And so our culture says, defend yourself, you have rights. And the word of God says, maybe it's time to be quick to listen and slow to speak, right? And so that's what we talked about last week. This morning, we're going to talk about a tool uh, that is a little obscure. It's the sister or the twin of silence. And it is the tool of curiosity, 
Now you think, oh my goodness, my curiosity doesn't even, you probably don't even, can't even come up with a Bible verse that says, I command you to be curious. But when you look through the scripture, there's lots of different uh, cases in which curiosity was rewarded. In other words, there was this guy named Nicodemus. He's very curious about Jesus. And so he, uh, um, he goes to Jesus at night because he wants to know what is going on. And, and he says, uh, Jesus, you know, he, he's talking to him, you know, certainly you're, you're a great teacher and all this kind of thing. And Jesus rewards Nicodemus by sharing the gospel with him, which we're going to share on Christmas Eve. And so if you have someone that you would like to have them hear the good news of Jesus in a way that hopefully, hopefully, I'm praying and praying, and you can pray too, that I can come up, uh, just deliver the gospel in such a clear and practical way, we would love to have them join us. Nicodemus comes and Jesus shares the gospel with him. He shares that you must be born again. And Nicodemus, instead of just going, ah, oh, that's impossible, he just, he, he's, he's mulling it over in his mind. How, how, how can he? And he says this. I love what Nicodemus says. You, you can't go back into your mother's womb. Can you? <laughs> like, right? Like, he, he's not just coming, like, steadfast. Like, I know for a fact that's impossible. He's really mulling it over. He's rewarded for his curiosity. Another person who was rewarded for their curiosity was Moses. We know the story of Moses in the burning bush, right? But well, there's a little obscure part of that story that sometimes we overlook. Moses wasn't just standing there and the and he's just looking at a bush and it just catches on fire but doesn't burn. Uh, it was something he saw off in the distance and he went to go. He was curious. He went to go look at it. And the Bible says, when God saw that Moses went up to look at the bush, that's when he began to speak to Moses. So we're going to look a little bit this morning on another uh, example of what I think is curiosity that will allow us hopefully be a tool that when we end up in a situation, the first thing out of our mouth won't be to try to solve the problem. It won't be to try to give our opinion. It won't be to try to be right or to finally set somebody right. right. Have you ever done that? You go and you're going to a certain situation. Maybe you haven't seen a family member in a long time. And you're praying to God. You're even on your knees. God, I pray you give me the right words to say. And sometimes I just picture God up there going, oh, honey, no. No, 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 no. And I, that's man and woman. I think God says to me all the time, honey, no. Sorry. Little guy, buddy, you're not going to talk right now. I want you to investigate. I want you to be curious. Why does that person believe that? Where are they coming from? I know you have it all figured out. If a person believes a certain thing, you pretty much got them nailed. If they're a Republican, you can describe them in a, a sentence, maybe two. If they're a Democrat, oh, you know them. You know them. And maybe, just maybe, Jesus is asking us to be a little more curious. You say, John, that doesn't make any sense. Well, let's go look at somebody who is very curious and see how they're rewarded and see how it uh, changes their life and mark Thank you for my backup pair of glasses. You are the best. You are the best. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, let's give, let's give him a hand. All right. 
Our, our tech team, our band, everybody who makes it work on Sunday morning, you guys are the absolute best. Thank you so much. It really calms me down, and I am not a calm person. All right. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Now, just before we get started, I want you to notice something as a good student of the Bible, okay? We all want to be good students of the Bible. The Word of God is our guide to life. It never returns void, right? It, it's always living and breathing and active and working in our lives. So we want to be students of the Bible. And whenever you're reading the Bible and you see it slow down, and start giving like little facts and things, that's our cue to slow down. These aren't just facts that we just rifle through. Listen to all these facts that Luke writes down in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So she, we know she's pregnant. We know it's in her sixth month. God sent an angel. His name is Gabriel. He didn't have to name his name. Right? Gabriel's from Daniel. We see him in Daniel as well. We see him in just a few verses before when he's talking to Zechariah. To Nazareth, a certain, uh, space, a certain place, a town in Galilee. Luke is trying to paint a picture for us. This is so important. To a virgin pledged to be married. Okay, so she's a virgin, but she's also, uh, um, she's pledged to be married, which is essentially in that culture means she's betrothed. She, they are together. They are married just without uh, the sex part. So she's pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. This is so key. This is why we have to make sure we slow down when the Bible slows down. We all know about Mary and Joseph. But oftentimes we'll forget he's a descendant of David, which if you're a Jew, that's a pretty big deal. If you remember last week, we talked about Elizabeth being a descendant of Aaron. So from the priest side, that is really important. And then from the king side, it's really important to be a descendant of David. Uh, uh, the virgin's name was Mary, okay? The angel said to her, uh, went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now, I want to stop here and uh, revisit something I've talked about uh, almost in every Christmas um, message that I mentioned over the 17 years I've been here. I say the same observation because I think it's so important that you understand this. Mary has done nothing. Okay? She hasn't accomplished anything. He's just a kid, probably 16, right? Let's, whatever, fill in the blank of whatever age you want her to be. It doesn't matter. She hasn't accomplished anything. She hasn't started a family. She hasn't bought a house. She hasn't had a career. She hasn't, you know, led hundreds to Christ. She is just somebody, <laughs> essentially a nobody, and that comes out of her own mouth. We'll see in a little bit. And yet she's highly favored. And I, I just always want to stop here for a second. For some of you, you need to hear this. Because you, just today, just this morning, a neighbor who's not in here this morning asked me this question, can you lose your salvation? And the question behind it was, am I okay? That's the question behind that question. Am I okay? And I was able to share just very briefly, he's got you. 
you're probably, you know, going through stuff that we're all going through, but he, he loves you, and I trust him to speak to you. And this is where Mary is. God shows up to Mary, who's just a kid, and says, you're highly favored. Okay, I just wanted you to hear that, because you're going to have the same problem Mary has right now. Mary was greatly troubled. Now, in the Bible, I love to geek out over, I call it geeking out over the Bible. I love the little things. I love the little scholarly things. I'm not smart enough to be a scholar, but I'm smart enough to read them. And uh, this Greek word, this, this was written in Greek, does not show up anywhere else in the Bible. But right here, this greatly troubled, it, it, it means wholly disturbed. So we'll see this in Plato's writing. We'll see this in other Greek writing, but we don't see it in the Bible other than right here. She was shook. Okay, Mary was shook. Now, she was shook because it was an angel and Gabriel didn't do what he was supposed to do. Start with do not be afraid. That comes later because he forgot, I think, but maybe not. This doesn't show up anywhere. She is shook. Now listen, another point that I make every single year that I want you to hear from me and hear from the Bible. You can be highly favored and greatly troubled. Greatly troubled does not mean you, God's abandoned you. Greatly troubled does not mean you blew it and now it's over. That you have no way to get back to God. There's nothing in the Bible that means that you've messed up so bad that you can't come back to him. You can be highly favored and greatly troubled. You can be upset about what's going on in our culture and go on and be very upset about those things and be highly favored. You can have a marriage that's in distress right now and you're trying to figure it out and you're working hard and you're doing the best you can and still be highly favored. Your kids can walk away from Jesus and you look back and you say, what did I do wrong? And your heavenly father says, I've lost kids too. You didn't do anything wrong. You're highly favored. But I know right now you're greatly troubled. You could be in some financial distress right now. And you're thinking, I, I saw a guy on TV and he said, if I really have faith and I really trust God, I'm going to be prosperous. You can be highly favored and greatly troubled. And know, if you're going through financial difficulties, it doesn't mean God has abandoned you or you don't have enough faith. You can be highly favored and going through an ailment or one of your kids is going through an ailment or someone you love is going through something that's really, really serious. We had a friend, I put it on the prayer chain. Uh, her name is Duff. Her mom's name is Linda and Linda has dementia. And Linda got in her car and drove away. And for two days, they had no idea where Linda was. No, they no idea. Now, there's software out there that the police use that have cameras and they can see uh, license plates. And so she'd get pinged in Anaheim and then she'd get pinged in Irvine. And it's like, what's going on? So they knew she was kind of okay, but she just was driving aimlessly for two days. She's gone. I know that couple, they're highly favored by God, but they're greatly troubled. I just want you to see that because some of you need to know that the situation you're going through right now is just life and that the Lord loves you and he's watching after you 
And this is a really difficult season for you. And he knows about it. So Mary was greatly troubled. This highly favored person was greatly troubled at his words. And this is the word we're going to look at this morning. She wondered. She wondered. Now, we don't have much room in our culture today for wondering. We're, we're about facts. We're about science. You get it right. You're either right or you're wrong. There's no nuance. There's no, you're either pro-life or pro-choice. Or you're open borders or not open borders. Or you're pick whatever hot topic. I mean, even as I said, those two words, the whole crowd of you went like this. <laughs> like, like, what? oh no, he's going to talk about those issues. No. What I'm saying is that we pick our sides. But this word means to have an inner dialogue. To be busy in the mind. Wow. What is that all about? It's to wonder. It's to be curious. It's to think. And I know this sounds crazy. I know this sounds crazy. But you might not know what you're talking about. You might not have all the facts. You might think you have it all figured out. But guess what? You're as Fonzie would say to us older people, wrong. You're wrong. Maybe. You say, there's no way I can be wrong. But have you wondered? Have you thought through it? This is a great tool for Christmas time when you're around people from work, when you're around people from other beliefs, when you're around people from other ideological things, is to be curious, to wonder. Now, I'm going to show you why I believe Mary was doing this. But she says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words, this highly favored one, and she wondered what kind of greeting might this be. But the angel said to her, finally, do not be afraid, Mary, he remembered it. You have found favor with God. In other words, you're highly favored. God has a plan for you. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Now, at this point for Mary, she can just nod her head and go, yeah, that's right. I'm betrothed to, to Joseph. Okay, yeah, I'm going to, so I'm going to have a, so I won't be barren like, like, you know, my aunt, uh, Elizabeth, like, okay, okay, cool, right? Uh, you're, you're to call him Jesus, okay? I don't, don't have to get the baby book of names. I already got that taken care of, okay? He will be great and be called the son of the most high. Uh-oh. Now it starts getting like, okay, so me and Joseph... And he's going to be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Now, remember when the Bible slows down, we pay attention. And remember what the Bible said to us? Joseph was a descendant of David. So Mary's next thought could be, oh, that's right. Joe is related to Dave, and so that's right. Okay, right. So we'll have Jesus, and then the Romans will be kicked out. Got it. I got it. Okay? So uh, the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. In other words, to a Jew, this means that Israel will get its rightful place back again, and that will last forever the way it was supposed to last. Now watch what Mary says. 
Mary doesn't say, oh, I know how this will be. That makes sense. Joe's related to Dave. That's it. Okay, and we'll, we'll have a baby, and it'll be Jesus, and that'll be great. She says, how will this be? Listen, listen. This is what curiosity is. It's allowing room for God to do whatever he wants. That we come into situations not having it all figured out. Now, I just want to be honest, 100% honest. I am a control freak. I want everything worked out. I don't like surprises. I don't like things not working out. If I had it my way as a pastor, I'm just going to be honest. I want $14 million in the church's bank account. Because <laughs> it would just be like, okay, good. It's all, you know, in control. Which, of course, it's not, right? But, but that's just the way I am. I like to have it figured out. I like to have Christmas Eve service already planned with everybody all good. That's not where God wants us. God wants us ready at any minute to drop our plans, to drop our preconceived ideas, to drop how we view other people, even though we know at every single Christmas party, they, Uncle Frank says, does the same thing every time. He brings up politics and he puts down a couple, you know, Corona extras and here we go again. And the Lord would say, hey, maybe this is going to be a little different than what you thought. What if you opened your eyes that God might do something different and that you don't have to control it? You don't have to have all the information all set up in a right way. You don't have to have your arguments all lined up. Because that hasn't, ha that hasn't worked in the past, has it? And so God says, listen, something's going to happen. Would you expect that it might be different than what you expected, what you planned for? Open your eyes to the wonder of what the Holy Spirit might do. How will this be, she asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Now, again, I could have answered this for Mary. Mary, duh, you're betrothed to Joseph. He's from the line of David. That's how it's going to happen. See, when two people really love each other, like I don't want to go through the whole thing with Mary, but Mary's completely wide open to what the Lord would do. How are you going to do this? We're going to do it through Joseph? We're going to do it through, like, what's going, to, what's, what's going to happen? I love this about her. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One will be born, uh, uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. It's going to happen unlike anything you could have imagined, Mary. I'm glad you asked. See the difference between what he had to do with Zachariah? Zach, bro, you don't have to get it all figured out. How, how, how can you be sure of this? Be quiet, right? You're not going to be sure. That's not how the Lord works. Mary says, how, what, how, what's he going to do? She had the answer. It's Joseph. He's from the line of David. And she puts it aside and says, God, if this is of you, it could happen any way. That child you've been praying for, that adult child who's walked away from Jesus, you think to yourself, if I just have all of his answers, 
you know, if he, he, he believes in evolution, if I could prove to him that God created, he, she believes in this, if I could just get enough facts and enough things, I could convince it might happen some way totally different that the Lord does. Even Elizabeth, the angel goes on, your relative is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Remember, she left, Elizabeth left. For no word from the Lord will ever fail. Not no argument you've ever come up with will ever fail. Those fail all the time. You're terrible at it. I'm terrible at it. Right? No thing, I've amassed all this information, and once I deliver it in this perfectly packaged argument, then they'll really know. No, no, no. That's not how it happens. The Lord does it. Listen, here's my point this morning. Following Christ is not an ability to be informed, but a willingness to be transformed. When Mary asked, how can this be? She wasn't asking for information. She was ready for transformation. You say, John, that's a lot to read into the Bible. She really asked a pretty specific question, how? And that answer is science, like how is this going to happen? Watch her response. Following Christ is not an ability to be informed. It's not having your arguments down. It's not understanding this person perfectly. It's being curious. What is God going to do in the heart of my boss this year? What is God going to do in the heart of my kids, my neighbor, my spouse? What's the Holy Spirit going to do? How is he going to work this out? Here's what she says. This is her answer. I'm the Lord's servant. You know what the Greek word is there? I'm the Lord's doula. That's the Greek. I'm just a hired hand. I just, what, what is, however you want to do it. Through Joseph, fine. Through the Holy Spirit, no, no problem. I, here I am. That is someone who's willing to be transformed. Who doesn't need to be informed. Give me the arguments. Give me everything I need to know. This is someone who just operates in the spiritual. And I believe this is why she's highly favored. I believe Mary walked around with the expectation of what is God going to do today. And that is such a healthy place to be because he rarely, rarely, rarely does it the way we want him to do it. You know why? Because the Bible says this. We've been going back over this verse over and over again all year long. I don't know if you've noticed. But his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And they're so much higher than our thoughts that they're as high as the heavens are from the earth. That's how high his thoughts are than our thoughts. And his ways are higher than our ways. Right? So, so, why would it happen your way or my way? It wouldn't because it's our way. But if we walk into these situations, if you walk into Christmas Eve service, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen on Christmas Eve service. I know the order of songs. I know when we light candles. I have it down to the minute. That's not what I'm excited about. What I'm excited about for on Christmas Eve is the work that the Holy Spirit is going to do in our hearts. 
through something. It could be anything. You could pull onto campus and just go, you know what? I just sense the Holy Spirit's here. It could be through a song, a little phrase in a song. It just says, oh, silent night, whatever it is, or, or sleep in heavenly peace, or hark the herald angels, something where we say, oh, and we have this holy moment. That's the way God works. He doesn't work it out like it's set out. His ways are higher. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left. Peace out. She gets it. He didn't have to go, hey, you know what, your answer, you know, I had to talk to Zach last time. He kind of messed up, so we had to, he's like, oh, you got this. Bam. Now, I don't know if he flapped his wings. I don't know if he shot up. I don't know how it worked. Star Trek, where he kind of like got fuzzy and then was gone. I would have loved to have been there, but I wasn't. The angel left. She's got it. She's ready. You, you fast forward and she shows up at Elizabeth's house and, and John the Baptist, think about this. You got Jesus' mother and John the Baptist. A woman is having John the Baptist in the womb, right? And uh, John the Baptist shows up. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. So Elizabeth is saying this. And he would fulfill his promise to her. And here's Mary's response. This is so key. Because it's exactly like Zachariah's response, but Zachariah, but Mary didn't have to be silent. This just overflowed from an expect, uh, expectant, curious heart. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful, listen, of the humble state of his servant. Remember I told you Mary's going to say, I haven't done anything. I haven't accomplished anything. And yet God is using her. The humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. She took God at his word. Took it. It was something totally different than she expected. And she said, let's go. Let's do it. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. She's looking forward. All generations are going to call me blessed. And then how does she look forward? She looks back. And a curious mind to listen to the word of God, to hear him speak, to not be in control does this. Last time you moved, it wasn't like I expected. And the time before that, it wasn't like I expected. And the time before that, it wasn't like I expected. Why, why would it be like I expect going forward? And watch how she looks back. Listen to this. He's performed, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. I know he's done that, she says. He scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. So I've seen him work in the proud. So I don't have to work in the proud. I don't need to worry about that. He's, he's done that. He's performed mighty deeds. I don't need to perform mighty deeds. He's already done that. He's brought down rulers. I don't have to worry about who's ruling. I don't have to worry about who's ruling. I don't have to worry about who's ruling. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He's done this. Oh, he's filled the hungry with good deeds, 
and he sent the rich away empty. I don't have to worry about class disparity unless I can help eliminate it. But in the case I can't, he'll take care of it. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants, just as he promised our ancestors. He's done it in the past and in the past and in the past and in the past. And I am just curious. I just wonder. I just have an inner dialogue in my head. How is he going to pull this off this time? And imagine if we go into the final week of the season. Maybe you look at your checkbook and you look at the number down at the bottom. Uh, do we ever use, does anyone use a checkbook? Anyway, okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure, sure some of us do. But the checkbook or you go online uh, and the number, you know, is in red. And you're like, oh, well, that's not good, right? And you go, how is he going to do it? And as your mind starts thinking, well, I could, I could do extra hours. I could, I could get another job. I could start with, maybe it's not going to be that way. Maybe we have this inner dialogue of like, Lord, you've done it in the past. And it never looked like I thought. How are you going to do it this time? Maybe it's a relationship that's struggling as the worship band returns. Maybe it's a relationship that's struggling. And... You've had relationships struggle in the past. And you're like, oh, you know what? You know what? I just need to sit down with them. I need to tell them that it wasn't my fault. And, yeah, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm get... What if you were curious? Lord, how... you know what? In the past, you worked it out. I wonder how you're going to do it this time. Maybe it's something that has to do with, um, I don't know, anything. Maybe it's a, 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 a child that you have. You're wondering, why, why are they playing the fool? Why, why, are they get, why are they running with those people? Why, how did they get involved in this? I, I raised them better. I, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll help fix it. And maybe we just have a curious mind and we go, Lord, how are you going to do it this time? Maybe you live with someone in addiction. And it's just been a long struggle. And you've just been faithful, and you've been there by their side, and you've been with them. You say, Lord, I've done everything. And he says, I got another way. I got another way. I want them to be as free as you do. What we're going to do this morning is, uh, I, I, like, I, I stuck this final verse in here at the end, because um, I think it really kind of, Again, I love the Bible so much, and it just, I love when the writers are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says. Mary stayed with, with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home in this new reality of what is going on. Her life is never going to be the same. She was open to what God would have her do. We're going to sing a final song, and... Uh, we open up the altar uh, to pray. If you want to come forward and just kneel and pray, uh, you can do that. We have people uh, over by the cross, over by the other side of the Christmas tree there. Maybe you have something that's on your heart. Maybe for you it's, um, while you were talking about kids that have gone astray, I have a son, I have a daughter, and I just want to 
I just would like someone to join me in prayer. The Bible says that where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there in their midst. You can ask whatever you wish. He'll listen, he'll hear, and he'll answer. And so you can come and kneel, you can stay in your seat. We're going to end with one final song during that prayer time, and then I'll come back up and bless us and we can be on our way. Lord Jesus, help us to be curious. Help us, like Mary, to actually have an answer and yet to ask, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Lord, we are your servants and your ways are higher than our ways. So we give our lives over, Lord, not to be informed. We don't have to know every fact and have it all in control, but to be transformed by your Holy Spirit. Amen. So my question this week, are you curious? what he's going to do this week. I mentioned uh, our friend uh, Duff and Terrell, and uh, I got a text while I was sitting there, and he said, we found her. We found uh, Linda. So uh, they've got a tough road ahead and lots of decisions to be made. They're still highly favored, but still greatly troubled, right? I mean, praise God that she's found, but they have a bunch of decisions. So here's what we're going to do a little bit different this morning. I'm going to pray for her and that family. Um, and then uh, also pray for our friend Glenn, who has pneumonia. We're going to pray for him. And then I'll uh, end us with the blessing. Lord Jesus, we pray for Linda and the family. Lord, we're thankful that she's found safe and sound. Lord, we pray for wisdom as they move forward in uh, making decisions and just operating as a family and all the dynamics that are involved in that. We know that you will see them through every step of the way. Lord, we pray for Glenn, who's uh, got pneumonia and is sick, Lord. We pray for healing upon him, his life, and uh, his family during this season. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you'd go in his peace, in his wisdom, in his strength, and in his grace. In Jesus' name, amen.